On today's episode of My First Concert, a man with a significant number of musical friends, to say the least. He's my friend as well, Chris Clauser, a past chair and member of the board of directors of the International Tennis Hall of Fame and Museum located out in Rhode Island. And by the way, uh, he was a, a college scholarship player for Missouri back in his tennis days. He's still playing. I don't mean they're gone. but he <laughs> And he was the president of the ATP, which many of you know is Association of Tennis Professionals. That's the governing body of men's professional tennis. Prior to that, 25-year corporate career, things like a senior officer at Northwest Airlines is where I met Chris. But his marketing magic was heard on commercials across this country with uh, Felix and B.B. King and Diana Krall and Keb Moe and many others. And then he has a number of uh, uh, jobs, very impressive resume. But more importantly, he's here with us today on my first concert being brought to you by Star Bank, 10 locations throughout Minnesota, and by Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, right here on TalkNorth.com. Chris, thanks for being here. Good to see you. Hi, Dave. How are you? Well, I I mean, you've had great success in the business world. That's an understatement. But you have this incredible passion for music. Where did that come from? Well, you reeled off all those things and just reminded me I couldn't keep a job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I love I loved music. Uh, growing up, my, my late father was a sax player. And I just, I've always been attracted to music. And I thought music had great power. I think it had power to influence people, power to bring enjoyment. Um, and along the way, we were able to have relationships with a number of great musicians and people that really uh, knew the profession. And I just thought, um, you know, why not use music as a marketing tool almost in every position I had? Yeah, it really brings people together. Okay, the name of the show or the name of this podcast is My First Concert. Yeah. We want to know, what's the first concert Chris Clauser ever attended? Who did you see? Well, Saint, I, we moved to St. Louis when I was a youngster. I think I was a sophomore in high school, 1967. And the very first concert, I, you know, we moved from a little town in Ohio, so I really didn't have access to music. But the first concert I went to was a group I just, I, I just really appealed to me. It was they're called the Rascals. And here was this guy that, you know, um, wrote all the songs. He was the leader of the group. He founded the group. He even played the bass with his feet on a B3 organ. <laughs> he had uh, this, this voice of great soul. And I went to the Rascals concert. St. Louis that year was a it was unbelievable town to move to. They won the World Series. Bob Gibson pitched three games. And... Uh, all three games, he went nine innings. You ever heard of that? Um, yeah. And then I got to go. Was Roger Maris on that team? Roger Maris was on the team. Yeah. And, yep, he was. Carl Ustremski against the Red Sox. I mean, it was, it was great. We slept out all night on the concrete to get limited views, standing room tickets, <laughs> and I loved it. I did have to admit, though, the Rascals, I had, you know, really lousy seats, but we snuck down and got pretty <laughs> close. And I was just totally enamored by this the, the sound and the excitement. And then they went on to do things that just really were appealing to me. You know, the Rascals, 1968, you know, people got to be free right after Bobby Kennedy was shot. Yeah. I mean, this, they, yeah. they, they, had, they had not only great sound, but great purpose and great integrity. Great integrity. They, they many times required they wouldn't play a gig unless a black act was with them, either open with them or with them or whatever. You know, it was just the whole principle of everything they were about was very appealing to me. 
And luckily on the way, you know, um, through my corporate career, uh, I was back in, I was in Washington, D.C., and we did a major campaign to get out the vote. And I said, you know, the song we got to use, we had the, we had the chairman of the Republican Party and chairman of the Democratic Party do a TV commercial, and we had two former presidents. We had Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter urging people to vote. I said, we got to use the song, People Got to Be Free. And sure enough, um, I guess about two months later, I flew up, met with Felix, and it's just Felix Cavallari, the founder of the Rascals, yeah. and uh, has become, over many years, a wonderful dear friend. And um, Instead of listening to me talk, yeah. I like listening to you, <laughs> but if you, if you listen to me talk, I thought we would get Felix to join us today. So Felix Cavallari, the founder of the Rascals, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's a nice story. And it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, you're, you're, you're out there now working harder than ever. You're living in Nashville and, um, you're, uh, you've got a great band, but the music industry has changed dramatically since you were a classical pianist <laughs> and, um, um, you know, great, great organ player, you know, started with Joe, Joey D and the, the Starlighters. Starlighters yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 a, it's been an amazing journey. He also just released a book. Felix, tell us about it, will you? Oh, well, the book uh, is called Memoir of a Rascal, you know, from Pelham to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and it all started, it was pretty interesting because we did a, uh, a we meaning the original Rascal, we did a, a Broadway show called Once Upon a Dream in 2013. And uh, what happened basically is that we would do these press conferences and uh, at the press conferences, you know, the press would ask each individual uh, a question. And I noticed that every one of us had a different answer for the same question. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, maybe I better check out, like, did Custer win or lose that battle? I don't know. <laughs> let me, let me check this out. That, that's what started the whole process, you know? And, uh, and then I got, I, I, I realized that, you know, that was only, uh, the rascals were about five or six years of my life, but I've had a really blessed, wonderful, you know, filled life, you know, especially like, you know, knowing Chris and all the things that we did together. Cause I, I was able to do a lot of that music with him, uh, which was a joy, you know? And, uh, and I continued to write. Maybe somebody will read this book and realize that, you know, basically I started off as a, as a pre-med student and I ended up in the rock and roll business. So you never know. Hall of Famer, too, as, as uh, Chris yeah. mentioned. Uh, Felix, as a fan, before, uh, and you were performing so much, it's hard for someone entertaining like you are to go to concerts. Was there a first concert for Felix Cavallari? Well, you know, we, we had the... Great, great pleasure of having like, uh, you know, uh, Alan Freed in New York City, oh, yeah. who, you know, brought the, uh, you know, from Cleveland, he brought the, uh, the the word rock and roll. Well, they used to have shows with, uh, with, with, with five or six acts on Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, you know, Isley Brothers uh, for five bucks. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so I was able to see a lot of those. Uh, they were in theaters. You know, I, I mean, it was just magnificent to see like these these phenomenal groups and uh, talent. They, they would only do three or four songs, you know, of course, but it was uh, unique. So I can't remember the exact first one, but, uh, you know, from a concert point of view, it certainly changed a lot. Felix, go back to uh, uh, some of the songs, if you don't mind. You know, uh, no, not at all. The greatest, you know, the, the, probably your biggest hit was Good Lovin'. 
Right. It's only one that you didn't write, you know, besides People Gotta Be Free and Grooving and It's a Beautiful Morning and all those right. songs. But how'd you find how'd you find good loving? In those days, we, we were required uh, to have what they call cover songs in the clubs. The clubs were over 21. So they, they really wanted, you know, the people to uh, feel familiar with the uh, repertoire that the band was playing. So they, they, they really uh, refused uh, any originals. So what I would have to do is I would have to listen to uh, radio stations. Uh, there was a record store in New Rochelle, New York. In those days, you were allowed to go in and, uh, and preview uh, the records. I don't know if people remember that. You you go in a little booth and you know uh, play it until they threw you out. You know is what it was. <laughs> but I found that on the radio, uh, it was done by a group uh, that I really liked called the Olympics. But you know, as I brought it, I brought it, and I would have to buy the uh, forty five to prove that you know it was you know a, a, a cover, so to speak. So that's how I found it. And the people got to be free story. Would you please? Well, uh, you know, we were, you know, very involved. I, I was very involved and I still am very involved in, uh, you know, I, I won't say the word politics, but I mean, we, we really wanted to save our planet, you know, and, 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 and our, you know, we have certain views about how, how things uh, would, should be, uh, you know, and uh, the golden rule is, is certainly a very, very simple one. So I, I was uh, working for a campaign for Robert Kennedy to be elected. I thought that would make a, a big change uh, to, uh, you know, the way things were going. And um, I was actually seeing a, a, a woman at the time who was present at that horrible assassination. And uh, it just moved me in a way that, uh, you know, I just felt like, well, um, it's time to say something, you know, and, and, and this, this is a, this is an important thing. Uh, and I feel, I mean, you know, if people, uh, don't say anything, then uh, you stay in the dark. So people got to be free came out of that whole horrible event. You know, that, and that time period too was the time of really the British invasion musically, and yet you sustained a, a string of number ones. Chris mentioned good loving, grooving, people got to be free. I mean, they were all number ones in the midst of that. Was, it, was that ever on anyone's mind as far as you're looking at all the, you know, the Beatles and everybody else coming over and doing their thing? Well, certainly. And, 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 you know, one, one of the reasons that, it, you know, the bar was so high because of Beatles and their music that it, it kept us, you know, really, really not only on your toes, but I mean, you know, you had to really, you know, uh, write and I won't say the word compete because, you know, the, the, the level was very high. So we were very fortunate and we were also very fortunate to be on Atlantic Records because uh, Atlantic Records not, not only allowed us to uh, make music, but they put two wonderful human beings in the studio with us. One of them was uh, Tom Dowd and the other was Arif Mardin. Uh, and we just, it was like a, a blessing to be around these people. We got to let you go in a minute, Felix, but the future, you know, you're, you're out working really hard and uh, you know, some of us, our voices change and, you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> I saw you recently and you still hit it all and you play, the B3 better than ever. You're out working hard, aren't you? Well, you know, I, as long as people want to hear it, I, I certainly like to do it, you know, and, uh, you know, you just keep everything going. I've got a, a, a tour. I'm happy to say that my, uh, my, my guitar player, Gene Cornish has finally, you know, come out of like a semi-retirement, semi-healthy health issues to come back on the road. We're going to be touring in November. And, uh, 
I look forward to seeing everybody and certainly you all, Dave and Chris. Love you guys. And Chris, I got to bring up the time that Felix came here to the Twin Cities in Ringo's All-Star Band and you played for Kirby Puckett's retirement, Felix. Yeah. It was, uh, the All-Star Band was great. It was a great experience. Felix helped, helped me put it together. And then Felix helped me do commercials with other people like the Four Tops and Mavis Staples and different people that we used. Oh, yeah. And Felix was kind of like the producer. And uh, it was a great, great run. I have to ask you one quick question because you have to run here, Felix. Sure. Ed Sullivan was an iconic show for many of us as we were going up. And that's where we get our rock and roll. You were on that show several times. Yes. What do you recall about that? That, (laughs) Wasn't that overwhelming? Well, it was certainly very interesting. I mean, really quickly, (laughs) what we would do is we would get up in the morning early on Monday and go into the studio six days of rehearsal. The sixth evening, uh, which was Saturday, we would do a complete show in front of an audience, not broadcast. The seventh day, we would do the live broadcast, and he screwed it up every time. (laughs) 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 Well, because, you know, it was really live. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he would see someone in the audience that he knew you know, which is a no-no. Any, any person will tell you, you know, when you're doing a lecture or you're doing a concert, don't don't look out there because, and he would lose his place. Well, hello out there. And then everybody backstage would go into orbit because, you know, but, you know, it was, it was, it was very exciting experience. And, and uh, I, I mentioned that in the book. It was really interesting. He, he didn't know, he couldn't figure us out. I mean, you know. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Just one of those great moments. But the, the number of people, Chris, you know, as a marketing guy, the number of people watching that Ed Sullivan oh, yeah. show and then, and the rascals came out. And I remember one time yeah. he introduced the young rascals and the band, the drum says the rascals yep. and, uh, the girls were screaming so loud, Felix, who could barely hear you there. And at the early part of it, oh, it was fun. I, I don't know if any of you had an opportunity to see this Elvis movie. Not yet, but I heard. Oh, really please good don't things. miss it. it. I mean, it, it, he does the show, and uh, you know, it, it just shows you the difference, really, between then and now. Felix, thank you for all your time. You're a great musician and a fine fellow. Say hi to Donna and your all your family, please. All right. Well, thank you, and and I hope to see you, Dave, when you when you get down to good old Nash Vegas here. Please give me a call. <laughs> I will do that, Felix. I look forward to it. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. My pleasure. See you soon. Bless you guys. See you. Or I'm going to have one jealous brother when he finds out that I talked to Felix. <laughs> Chris, what a what a treat. Thanks for for getting Felix on the line like that. Well, he's just a he's just a very approachable, good guy. It happens to have this immense talent to write and play, and his voice has, his voice is stronger than ever. Yeah. I mean, get that. I mean, I just I can't sing in the shower worth a darn. Well, he's a, and he's a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, which is very cool as well. Another guy that I had a chance to chat with uh, was B.B. King, and that was because of you. Uh, can you just tell a little bit about that relationship with B.B. King? Yeah, we worked with B.B. King for maybe 20 years in different kinds of ways. We did television commercials. We did uh, some radio commercials. We did appearances. He did the BB King blues tour, which we sponsored. And, you know, sometimes when you meet somebody, whatever, you know, it's obligatory right? handshake and whatever, somehow BB and I, you know, I became his friend or he became my friend. And over the years, we talked very frequently about the business 
side of things. Uh, we talked about his band. We talked about all sorts of things. And uh, wherever I could, I'd try to go by and see him. Get on the hot bus. You know, he, he loved it. He loved that bus. Uh, every, you know, everything he could want right there and all his videos and all his staff. And he I said, B.B., you're playing 220 dates this year. What are you? Why don't you cool it a little bit? You know, I'm worried about you. He says, what else am I going to do? <laughs> he said, this is my life. I love the road. I love the people I'm with. And people still want to listen to me and Lucille. So, you know, he he did, sadly, about five years after he passed away, he said, he said you know, Chris, I'm probably going to go before you. So would you say something at my funeral? Wow. So I did. And... Um, he pretty much told me what to say, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, you had uh, no problem with that. But I did it, and we went down to Indianola, Mississippi. They did a, they had a Beale Street, Memphis, uh, ceremony for him, and then the, then the whole caravan went down to Indianola, where the BB King Museum is. We're seeing, and um, packed church inside and outside, all around, and you know there was. It was a very sad day, but one, it was a, quite a celebration, and he and Lucille were right there enjoying every minute of it. Yeah, quite a, a great celebration, to say the least. Uh, I see him every day. Yeah, I'll bet you do. I know that you were very close. Uh, this is called uh, My First Concert. Dave Lee here with Chris Clauser today, our guest. Brianne is here as well. It's all brought to you by the folks at Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. And reducing carbon emissions is good for everybody. That's uh, you know a subject of conversation everywhere. I think the question is, how do we do that? How do we reduce emissions and yet meet this world's increasing energy needs? Propane, think about this. Excellent way to reduce emissions and yet meet our energy needs today. It's clean. It's non-toxic. It's an energy source that helps reduce carbon emissions. And right now it does that. In fact, propane's carbon intensity score here in Minnesota is only 80. Great electricity in Minnesota, including wind and solar, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. Uh, you probably didn't know that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity. Plus, the abundance of propane and the growth of renewable propane means it can be used for generations to come. Millions of Americans rely on propane. Heating homes, businesses, fueling vehicles on-road and off-road, and much more. So it makes propane really the right energy right now. I'd find out more about it, what propane can do for you and the environment by going to propane.com. Welcome back to uh, today's episode of My First Concert, joined by, as I mentioned earlier, Chris Clauser. And uh, Chris has been a longtime friend, not only uh, to me and many others, but he has such a great passion for music. And he has demonstrated that through friendships, whether it be B.B. King or Felix Cavallari or Chris. We've got another special guest on the line. Do you want to introduce him? Well, you know, I guess in the in the mid-'70s, everybody heard about Billy Joel and... Um, I'm lucky to uh, have worked with a fellow that in 1975 joined Billy Joel as the sax player, uh, play at Rico. Um, he is a wonderful guy. He has he owns Cove City Studios out east, but he's doing one of the most interesting things right now. Richie and, and Liberty DeVito, the drummer from Billy Joel, and really came together with uh, he and Liberty and Russell and and. And, and Richie came together, and they started a band called Lords of 52nd Street. The Lords were the guys that helped write all the music and recorded all the Billy Joel music for years and years and years. Um, they are out touring. They're doing just great. They sound so tight, and it's just wonderful. But Richie Kanata is a uh, devout, devout Yankees fan, and he's a, he's a good guy, and I've 
was able to work with him, you know, for about 20 years in different capacities, helping us do music with companies, but also making a bunch of public appearances. Again, he's much more refreshing to talk to and listen to than me. <laughs> so I asked Richie if he would join us today and talk about his built a little bit with his Billy Joel years. He did the Beach Boys then for almost 10 years. Um, he's done a number of other things, but the Lord's thing is really exciting and they're playing all sorts of halls. They got a big Florida tour coming up, Dave, uh, in shortly after the first of the year and Richie, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Uh, and you know, our relationship goes really long. I think you've promoted over 40, 45 shows uh, for us over the years. Um, and you, and you mentioned the Lords of 52nd street. Well, it's, it's the original Billy Joel band. And, uh, if you remember correctly, or anyone does, if they have any idea what some of the discography is that uh, I've been through Phil Ramone who was a major, major, um, part of our success, uh, as we were doing a record called the 52nd street record, right? He came in and he had kind of uh, knighted us as the Lords of 52nd street. And he got us uh, tour jackets and shirts. And so that name went away after many, many years, 30 years later, we got a hold of it and we regrouped the, ba uh, the band as the Lords of 52nd street. And we're out there with three original band members playing this music. And, uh, we've been, uh, very proud to say our discography goes beyond 150 million records sold with this music. So again, the Good music will prevail, and we're selling out concerts, and we're having fun doing it. And we've done a bunch for you, Chris. It's been tremendous. Yep. It's a really great show, and if anybody listening to this hears of them coming near them, it's really it's really the the greatest Billy Joel catalog. This is not a cover band. This is the real deal. These yeah, are the right. real this guys. This is the sound. They, they created the they, sound. They, this is the yeah. sound, and I, I'd really encourage you to do it. Besides that, Richie is like Felix. He's a he's he's a he's a big sports guy. You know he he. Unfortunately, he um, he really worships the New York Yankees. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because, uh, Richie, I noticed that you've played with uh, the Yankees' uh, Bernie Williams. So Bernie Williams is a pretty good musician, but you two got together and you've helped him out. Yes. Uh, w what a great day. Um, think about it. I got to play the Star Spangled Banner, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Yankees. I get on the field, and I, I know who Bernie Williams is. I watched this guy yank home runs lefty and righty out of the stadium and uh, be a great center fielder, which is a very, very prestigious position to play for a team like the Yanks. And uh, as I got done playing the, the, the Star Spangled Banner, he introduced himself to me and said, I, I know who you are. And I, and I knew he kind of played guitar, but I thought he was this folk guitar player, you know, that he just liked to pick, to, pick up a, um, you know, a, a songwriting guitar. But I didn't realize he was such an accomplished musician and uh, uh, well, well known now as a Latin jazz artist who got nominated for a Grammy. So he asked me to put a band together for him. And I said, I'm going to be working with Bernie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chris, you're going to love this. Aaron and I, my son, flipped out. So I had a jazz group. I had uh, done a smooth jazz record that went very, had some very, very good numbers and did very well in the, in the, the smooth jazz department. So I took that band, added Aaron and Bernie to it, and we started the Bernie Williams uh, All-Star Band which led us to be playing gigs like for when uh, when Boomer uh, had his, I guess it was 20th year of his perfect game. Uh, 
David Wells. You know, we played the event. When Yogi Berra's uh, foundation for his, I guess it was his, um, I guess his library, um, we played for that event, uh, his museum, no, the museum. So it goes on and on. Every time Bernie gets a call to do some something pretty cool, I get asked to do it because I'm the MD. So the best thing, you talk about sports and music, and this is my life, was Derek Jeter got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and we got to play the gala the night before. And watching Dave Winfield kind of dance on the dance floor and watching <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Cal Ripken have his 15th beer, it was just, it was amazing. Uh, um Wade Boggs was beyond, beyond Wade Boggs you've ever seen before. Uh, it was, it was pretty, you know, and, and watching Derek dance with his mom and it was like, wow, they're, you don't, you don't realize that they're just guys. They're just boys that love to play, play baseball. And it was the greatest night. And the next day I played the Star Spangled Banner with Bernie as we inducted Derek Jeter into the Hall of Fame. So I could retire. <laughs> if I had a job, I could retire, but I never really had a job. So. And you mentioned David, of course. He's a St. Paul, uh, Paul kid, so Dave Winfield. Yeah. Now, the Twins play the Yankees coming up pretty soon. That's the game I'm playing the, the national anthem, Chris. There's, I think they're playing three days. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or something like that, or maybe four. Be nice, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The way the Yankees are playing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, let me ask you this. Your first concert, I know that you started musically at age three, but your first memorable concert and the most memorable Billy Joel concert. Well, let's go with the latter first, the, the most memorable Billy Joel show. Um, you know, we, we've mentioned uh, my city and state, New York, a lot. Uh, I, uh, the very, very first song I played with Billy was New York State of Mind. Um, and that song has been able to, for me to put braces on Aaron's teeth, put him through private school and NYU because of that song. Uh, so it was a Madison Square Garden date <clears throat> and it was my mother's 80th birthday. And my dad had just passed away a year before. And, um, I went or a couple of years before, and I went to her house or my sister or my wife did and got one of his sports jackets and they gave me the sports jacket. And during New York State of Mind, I put my dad's sports jacket on and I played New York State of Mind to my mom, who was in the audience on her 80th birthday. Pretty emotional. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if there was something that Bravo. I could say I did to make my mom happy, I think that was probably one of the most memorable things for her. Oh, okay. I can't imagine how proud she was, too. What was the first concert you attended as a fan? You know, it's, I thought about that because Chris and I had a, a, a pre-conversation about this, this podcast. I was always gigging. So um, I, never, I never went to like a, a Coliseum concert first. The first one I really went to, which more, more was a show rather than a concert that I can remember, was Gato Barbieri. I don't know if you know who he is, yeah. but he's a Brazilian saxophone player. And he was playing uh, at the bottom line in New York City. And I remember going there. I was a, a young teenager, and I went by myself. Nobody, nobody wanted to see Gato Barbieri on saxophone. <laughs> you know, let's all. Everybody was going to see the Beatles, and I'm going to go see this Brazilian saxophone player. Richie, quickly, two things. Tell them about your Monday nights. What do you do? What do you do every Monday night? 
Well, I'm a strong believer in, first of all, in how this has all happened. <clears throat> it's really about the universe. It's, it's about a higher power. It's about God. And I've been really, really blessed to be able to do this. And so um, somebody had given me a break once way back <clears throat> where I got to play with some other people and meet some other people. My Monday night is an extension of that. I've been doing a Monday night jam. Uh, the jam itself has been going on for 25 years. I've been doing the Monday night jam at the bitter end for 15 years, every Monday night. And it's a, I don't, I don't know what other open mic jams are, but my jam is that I, I get on stage with, get on stage with a great core band. My band is terrific. And I invite people up from all over the planet. And I mean the planet. I get people from, from, from Europe, from Australia, from New Zealand, from uh, South Africa, and they come up and they jam with me. I've got a tap dancer from, from, from Japan that came and played with me, uh, string players from, uh, uh, from Russia. So uh, I do it every Monday night. And I, I stay, I get there about 10 o'clock and I stay till everybody gets up and plays with me. Wow. We were talking about, uh, going back to Phil Ramone, you mentioned his name. Am I correct in understanding, Richie, that some of those albums you did, whether it be The Stranger or Turnstiles or whatever, were one-take events? Yeah. Wow. Most, most well, back, back then, too, um, uh, there was 24 tracks yeah. and you, you take one away for a, a code, a simply code. So it was 23 tracks. You only got one track. Really? The drummer got four or five or six, you know, uh, uh, other keyboard players would get stereo. So it get it gets eaten up in a hurry. So you get one track these days, you get a hundred tracks to do these things. And then you get a, an engineer that can edit shift pitch and make it great. So, uh, and here's a, crazy thing. When we made those records, we were all in a room together. The timekeeper, there was no, there was no metronome or click track. The timekeeper was a drummer. You had to play in tune and play in time. Otherwise you didn't get the gig. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I did uh, three saxophone, saxophone solos last night, uh, for a client and, uh, the best takes I did about five times, but the best takes were the first one or two takes, you know, it's just what I do. So all those, uh, the, the St. Spittan restaurant, all was one take. Wow. And the clarinet solo was one take. The flute solo? Stop it. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> Richie, uh, Shirlene Kanata keeps the whole oh, yeah. tribe together. But for the young listeners of this, tell us about your son, Aaron Kanata, what he's, what he's accomplished very quickly in Los Angeles. Well, first of all, if Cheryl doesn't hear, my wife doesn't hear this, he got all his good looks and talent from me. <laughs> but if she hears it? <laughs> then we have to split it. So it actually goes probably more 70-30 in her behalf. Um, Aaron Kanata grew up here. Uh, Chris, you, you flew him around the world when we did the Beach Boy shows. Uh, he was just uh, seven, eight years old um, when we did... Uh, um, Hawaii and Japan and, and all those great places. So he was brought up on the road with, with Billy and the Beach Boys and also Cove City Sound Studios, my recording studio. He was here at a year and a half old doing his first recording session. So, uh, you know, we all have, if we all have children, I know, Chris, you do, you know, your sons, one son is musically talented and you just see it in your kids. And I saw the music talent in, in Aaron. Uh, and just let him do his thing. So he developed that um, 
I guess that desire to be a player or more of a producer or a writer. Well, he finally settled into this heavy production thing. He does he does also play guitar, but he went to NYU. He went to the Clive Davis School. Uh, he did very, very well there that they made him a professor, and he taught there at the Clive Davis School. From there, he started to get gigs. He worked with me, like with Bernie and stuff. And now he's gotten to the point, well, currently, today, there's a, there's a movie called Purple Hearts that's out that uh, he did the music, the soundtrack for in the album that's number one or two in net, uh, Netflix. He is uh, currently had finished the new musical with Adina Manzel called Wild and co-wrote the music with her and a, a host of other people that's getting reviews right now. It's going to probably make a broad, have a Broadway spot. He produced uh, this year Demi Lovato and had a number one hit and wrote and played on the tracks. Um, I could give you a bunch of other talent that he's been working with, but probably somebody, there'll be people we may not know. But for the younger talent, there's a, uh, a girl from Australia called Tones and I, and he was just on Jimmy Kimmel last Thursday night with her. So he is kicking it. He is beyond, beyond. I've got to make an appointment to get him to call me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's a question for you as a baseball fan then, because we all oh watch, my God. We watch our kids uh, let's say, you know, obviously, you're quite accomplished to what you've done. And I don't know if you ever got nervous. I'm guessing probably not a whole lot. But as a parent, when you first watched him perform, like, or if you watched him play Little League Baseball or something, were you nervous? Oh, shh. Poop, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beyond, beyond. You know, when I, I, I felt more comfortable, when he did sports, um, it, uh, it, it, it made me very nervous. Uh, music, I, I, he always had a grip on it. He always, he always felt really good and confident, you know. Um, uh, my, bi my biggest problem, and we talk about tradition, guys, is that I have two grand boys, right? They're in California, right? So i got to uh, give them a steady diet of Yankee stuff, <laughs> right? Does Shirlene come back and visit you? <laughs> she uh, once in a while <laughs> she does but uh, uh what what i just recently did which i think is really cool and it might be nice for the for you for you is to hear um I, i've got to be i got to be really cautious about keeping the new york vibe in my and my grandkids and there's been conversations where i'd be at uh, saint rocco's pizza place having a um sicilian pie and i call up aaron oh yeah we're going out to get avocado toast <laughs> It doesn't work for me. It just so um, his birthday was August 11th, right? Mm -hmm. And Shirlene and I, Chris, you know, we have one son, so he's pretty well stocked with everything. Okay, uh, so what do I get him? So I found a site. Uh, you can find anything, but I found a ticket kind of master site, and I bought them four tickets to the Anaheim Yankee game uh, this month on August 29th. You should fly out there and go to the games with him. I would love to, but you know what? They're gonna, he's going to take his family. It's going to just be that. And uh, I, I really wanted to, but I wanted it to be about him and his birthday. If I went out there, it'd be something else, you know? Yeah. Well, you could tell him that Otani and Trout will probably be Yankees at some point anyway. So <laughs> uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sending a bus for him right now. He's close. <laughs> but, you know, he doesn't want to play in New York. He doesn't want to play on the East Coast. He wants to stay West. 
Well, it's that avocado toast. I'm almost positive of it. Well, and when you're playing now with Lords of 52nd Street, are you still playing that original sax that you had with Billy yes. Joel? Wow. Yes. Uh, saxophone is, it's not like you, you, you have a guitar in your hand, you, you, you pass it to a buddy, yeah, try this guitar out. You know, it's it's very personal because it's, you know, it's it's you're using your, your mouth and your spirit Bit and lungs. It's very personal, <laughs> yeah. you know. So that's that. That horn is one of the original horns that I've. I've only really got two horns, and that's the one I use all the time and have used. It's a beautiful. It's instrument. great, and it's and its value has increased tremendously because of beautiful. Uh, well, first of all, it's it's, it's a Selmer Mark Six, which are the best ones made, and um, that serial number that I've got is really really good, and now it's got all the DNA of, of me, and <laughs> uh, you know that's the song of New York State of Mind or Scenes from Italian Restaurant. You know, so it's got all that stuff on it. You know, we talked about BB a minute ago. You know, when BB hits about two notes, you know it's BB King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Lucille sings. When you listen to Billy Joel and you hear that saxophone, you see, you might not know that guy's name right away, but there's Richie Canada, yeah. and I've been proud to be able to hold that and steal that saxophone a few times, and it's something else. See, they they don't know what you're talking about, Chris. <laughs> Chris Clauser has killed me. I would go on. We'd all be set up to go on stage, huge concert, right? He'd go and take my flute off the stage or take my mouthpiece <laughs> off my horn. I, Chris, I've got pictures of that, that when we were in Memphis. That's not true. That, that, that's just not, <laughs> that's not true. And you're a guest on the show. <laughs> you have done it more than once. We had to hold you back sometimes. Brosh had to hold, just had to stop it. You were killing me. You were taking my horns and hiding them. You know, you mentioned younger listeners too. Brianne, of course, our producer, very young, but... Uh, Richie, I mean, you kind of helped Mariah Carey, for example, quite a bit in yeah. your studio. Uh, you've had Whitney Houston in there. You had Celine Dion. Mariah in there. Carey, had- Whitney Houston. We, you know, we we go back with the classics. Ray Charles, Billy, of course. Dream Theater, a very very heavy prog group. Um, it, uh, you know, it goes on and on and on. That's Celine Dion, J Lo. But uh, recently, we've had uh, Shawn Mendes. Uh, recently we've had the Jonas Brothers, they're coming back. Recently we've had uh, Tori Kelly. So we're very current as well, you know. Do you have a favorite artist that you've worked with over the years, whether multiple times or just the one time? You know, probably the most favorite artist you don't know, but the, 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 the most famous ones were Celine Dion. She was the absolutely most incredible talent and wonderful person. And we did a couple of records with her. We did a Christmas record that I played on with Andre Bucelli that I'm very, very proud of. Um, And we did it in July, and she decided, let's just decorate the whole studio with Christmas trees and Christmas lights, Mm. and we did. Um, She was probably one of my faves. And that's when her husband was alive, too. It was a really, really good vibe. Well, Richie, thanks for all your time. And if if, uh, give Liberty and Russell and... All your band and everybody, if, if anybody's listening to this, has a chance to, to go out and see the Lords of 52nd Street. It is a great experience, and it is the best musicianship I think I've ever seen. And uh, I don't know, um, Chris, if they know what you've done for so many musicians. You have, you have supported 
this community like most, not many people have ever, ever done. You have Felix and all the, the, the jingles that we did for Northwest and bringing all the people from Phoebe Snow and America, um, the Beach Boys and and the Billy Camp and Julio Fernandez from Spyro Jar, you brought so many people together. Plus our live shows. You, you flew us around the world. And maybe. You know, I'll never forget that trip to Taiwan and Japan. And we went all over. Instead of take out a big ad saying Northwest is adding this new route, please come and buy business class tickets and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We would, we would go to the, this each country and get the largest t travel agents together and do a concert for them. And a lot of Chris, a lot of times we didn't. We he didn't painted the a plane. Remember, we, he painted the plane like a freedom plane, whatever it was. World plane, yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. And and we went we went to India. Oh my gosh, we did the ambassador's residence, that Beach Boys show there. Right. Yep. I think that's when to I this got day, the flu. I feel bad that I I took some of the silverware. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I think I got the flute. Um, <laughs> Thanks again. Yeah, the voice Chris. guy never got invited to any of those trips. <laughs> well, you were here doing voiceovers uh, yeah, for that's us. Right. You guys are having fun. Yeah, this is great to have uh, Richie. Uh, we can't say it, uh, enough as far as a thank you for, for being on. This has just been wonderful. Congrats on everything that's happened to you, by the way. And I would do anything for Chris Clauser. Trust help. me. Thank you, Richie. I love you, buddy. All right, man. Here's Richie Kanata, uh, saxophonist for Billy Joe's original band. And uh, as you, you're, when your first song out of the shoot, Chris, is New York State of Mind, probably going to be a pretty good run. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, it, but it's, so, it's such a pure sound. I mean, yeah. it, it, it can't be imitated. It can't be covered. It can't be whatever. It's the real deal. And, you know, when you talk about concerts and you talk about these musicians, it's just wonderful to me that some of the most talented are really great human beings and they care about this world and they care about the other people and they look at you in the eye when they talk to you. And luckily they've a few become friends. Oh, and, to say the least, including you, David. Well, no question about that, Chris. It's a great friendship, one that I appreciate. And uh, we're going to close it off Chris here in a minute. I do want to mention uh, our bank here at talk North is star bank. It's a dependable friend to have too. They actually have real people that'll answer the phone when you call. There's something new in this day and age. Uh, Star Bank, local lending decisions. And sometimes you just have to make a quick call. Something happens. They've done that for years. They get it. Uh, Ten locations in Minnesota. They serve a variety of business. Uh, they reinvest in the communities they serve as well. Very involved. You'll notice that if you're in those communities, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this integrity that they have. Customers, you get to know them. In fact, when you get in there, they get to know your name. And when you see them, I'll bet you'll know their name too. When when you have a chance to get into the banks. Of course, a lot of us are using technology, obviously, to do a lot of our banking, and they'll do that too. They got all of that set up with their app. Go to starbank.net. You can take a look at the website. So if technology, you want to go that route and do it on the app, no problem. I think it's kind of cool to get face-to-face -face still in this day and age, and that's part, and they really enjoy that. So download that app as well. But know you can always visit these people who get to know you quite well. And uh, frankly, it's a good feel. And they do a fantastic job. You can just talk to their customers about that. Starbank.net is their website. Starbank, those 10 locations in Minnesota, including right here in the metro. Bottom line, they're very good at what they do. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Chris Clauser is with us on my first concert, the podcast here. Chris, what stands out for you? 
musically, I mean, with all these people you know and all of these concerts you've seen and been involved in, you're backstage, a lot of them. What are the highlights? I'm not asking you to tell me who your favorites are, but just what stands out? What are the highlights? Obviously, your relationship with B.B. King and with Richie and Felix, things like that are important. Well, I've just been very lucky to be able to have a platform where people agree that music could be a real asset to us, and why not go out and get the best and the people that are the most talented and um, you know use them as a marketing promotional thing and I think it paid off for you know the the companies of which I was lucky enough to work with. I brought you a book, Dave, and I you know I, these are the kind of people I really like to read about and talk to. And the book is "Unsung Heroes of Rock and Roll" by Nick Tatosius, and it's 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 all the people that you know have really grown up. We've grown up with and doing rock and roll. We always know the you know we know the the name Billy Joel or whatever. But how about the people that put it all together? Mm-hmm. And um, I've been as enamored with getting to know them as well as the people that are most famous. And BB was a particular. He was, he he became just a particular, particularly great friend. He 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 was, he was really getting great reviews, uh, height of his popularity, but his business affairs weren't in order. And when somebody comes to you and says, "Would you mind looking this over?" and and uh, taking care of things if things need to be taken care of. And I said, I would, and it was a wonderful experience, mostly. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. There were parts of it that were very tough, but, you know, he, uh, he's a wonderful guy and I miss him every day. And luckily, friendships along the way like Richie and and uh, Felix and a few others that I cherish those friendships and I try to keep them very contemporary and current because I, I think the best is yet to come. Yeah. Well, and it's the great way to look at it. And of course, you brought the Moody Blues out to the Mall of America. Remember that? Beach Boys. Yeah, we did with, with Maureen Bausch, who ran the Mall of America. We did the, the Jam Against Hunger. Mm-hmm. And all the benefits went to uh, hunger-related and Wayne Kostrowski's efforts. And and he's a, he's, he's a musician, you know. He's yeah, a bass he, he player. He keeps telling me. He's, he's a bass player. I went and, I've seen him gig a couple of times. Um, but we had James Taylor. We had... Ringo and the All-Star Band. Oh, yeah. We had Moody Blues. We had... She said, with the Ringo Band, you had Mark Farner up here. You had Felix. You had Steve Cropper. Billy Preston. Billy Preston. Um, the late, great Billy Preston. Nobody played piano like Billy no. Preston. And to The Fifth Beatle, right? Yeah. And he, yeah, he, just, he just sits down and goes. Yeah. I mean, it's just really impressive. I got to see a great piano player last night, organ player John Medeski. Uh, and um, he played with our son Todd Clouser down at the Ice House, and it was just, it was it was great, great music. But the Mall series was really fun, and it's a kick for you to see Todd, your son, in the music business, isn't it? Oh, it is. You know, he he was trying to navigate through colleges and applied to Berkeley School of Music and got in, graduated really well, and now he's you know he's touring with a couple bands, and he's a really cares about the quality of what he's presenting and I'm yeah. very proud of him. Yeah, music is a is a is a great uh, unifier, no doubt about that and you've proven that with what you've done. Chris, I, I I'm going to have you back again. I hope uh, I hope you'll come back, but it has been an absolute uh, fun show to sit here and talk to your friends. Well, much better than listening to me, Dave, but I just <laughs> thought that they could bring a something to the show and I really I'll be very appreciative of them doing it for a long time. Thank you. He is Chris Clauser. Uh, and this has been my first concert. You can download it uh, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your downloads. You can also 
Uh, go to talknorth.com and find more information there. Love to have you subscribe. Our thanks to Starbank for bringing it to you and by Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. Thank you, Brianne, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank <laughs> you.